0: We move to the Leonardo da Vinci, the Salvatore Mundi, the masterpiece by Leonardo of Christ the Savior. Previously in the collections of three kings of England.
1: At 90 million, I have it at 110 million, who will give me 120? 140 million is bid. At 150,
2: 160
1: is bid. 200 million is bid. 240 million.
3: $266 million.
4: 300
3: million. 330 million. Three hundred and fifty million.
4: Monday, 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 always Sunday, in the rich man's world.
3: Three hundred and seventy million. Four hundred million it's bit at four hundred million and the piece is so. sold. <laughs>
5: Oh, it certainly is. It's a rich man's world. And this is Box 39 with me, Bill Lawrence. Coming live here from the gorgeous and glorious Studio One on the fourth floor of Colm Radio Towers. And I'm joined this week by Adrian Cohen in the Musicology Library, all the way down there in Studio Four on the first floor, and by my guest presenter this week, who is Isabel Lawrence, a financial journalist and money expert from MoneyMagpie.com. Because this week, Box39 is investigating money. Yes, that thing we all want and use and need. It's the commodity we use for economic exchange. It's the medium in which prices and values are expressed. It circulates from person to person, country to country. It facilitates trade and is the principal measure of wealth. Kings and paupers have fought and died for money. It's been called the root of all evil. Many of us would like more and few of us would like less. It's described as dirty and filthy and has countless slang terms like bread, dosh and... Well, we use nicknames for our money. One pound is a quid and a grand is a thousand. Once we used silver and gold, then we preferred paper. Now our money exists mainly as mere fleeting electronic messages. People, well, they make fortunes buying and selling money. And we all know the man with the most money in the world. Yes, him. It can be the most damaging, dividing and dangerous substance in the world, as well as something that can bring great pleasure and create wonderful goodness, beauty and pleasure. So let's open up Box 39 once more to hear just how much money talks.
0: were to ask me what was the first money I ever owned, and when was it, then that's easy. It was on the 23rd of May 1969, and it was a £1 note, tucked inside a birthday card from my auntie Chrissy, who worked in a bank, which at the time I assumed was where she'd got it from. Not that I really understood what banking was, because I was only five years old. She sent me a pound every year until 1973. When there was a fibre tucked inside the birthday card instead, which was very pleasing indeed, to say the least. I learnt a sobering life lesson though, on the 23rd of May 1974, the card from Auntie Chrissy reverted to containing just a single pound note. It was the first time in my life that I had felt disappointment with the amount of money I had in my hand, and sadly, it wasn't to be the last time.
2: Listening to Box 39. This week with Bill
5: Lawrence, Adrian Cohen, and special guest Isabel Lawrence. Yes, you are listening to Box 39, the magazine of music, community, humour and all that chat live here in Studio One at Colm Radio. And this is Money Talks. I'm Bill Lawrence and you've just heard Adrian Cohen. And I'm with our special guest presenter, Isabel Lawrence. Hello, Isabel.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me on.
5: It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. You know, it was the famous American author Mark Twain once said, the lack of money is the root of all evil. He may have been right. But you know, Isabel, the history of human beings using cash currency isn't just a very um, recent thing, is it? It goes back quite a long way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so actually... You know, back in the years and years ago, 40,000 years ago, hunters used weapons. You know, they traded weapons and other tools as their form of currency. So they might have traded weapons or tools for food. They might have traded food for weapons, things like that. And it's kind of evolved. So then it went to natural objects and then to coins, to paper money. Now we've got digital versions. So sadly, I think we are going to lose the physical versions of, of cash and money in the future. But I will say that physical money isn't the only type of currency of course people use gold still to trade with and things like that so it's, it's kind of always evolving, it's something that's always happening, it's, it, money makes the world go round like they say and it really does and it's it's always going to be something we have even if it evolves into something that's different from the money we know now, yeah. we'll always have a form of currency, we'll always have something that we need to sort of trade with.
5: Well the uh, history of the of different things is, is quite amazing, I mean they had coins which were sort of lead and copper and silver and gold and and uh, then uh, even things like cows very useful in the countryside but not easy to transport and uh, certainly a little bit susceptible to ecological disasters so if you said you know I trade you five cows but unfortunately they died of a disease that Mm. wasn't very good but um, of course then money can become an instrument of control can't it
1: definitely and it's interesting you said earlier uh, Mark Twain you know he said the lack of money is the root of all evil and I think too much money can also be the root of all evil Um, it's kind of a double edged sword I think sometimes with money and I think you're right it can be used for control Um, you know I think We all rely on money to live, and that's something that we rely on every single day. We rely on our paychecks to, to, you know, survive. And, um, you know, it was in 600 BC, actually, in Asia Minor, silver and gold coins were stamped, and they were used to pay armies, and that's actually the oldest record we have of money being used as a form of payment for a job. So it's quite interesting, and of course, you know, that was a long, long time ago, but it's still the same now. We rely on paychecks payments to be able to survive and live and it's something that you know we'll always have to rely on
5: yeah and of course it's a quite a stabilizing thing money isn't it because different groups of people different tribes different countries can use money to get on with people or to get they what they want from people um so so money is uh you know it can mobilize resources it can create alliances it can create friendships Mm -hmm. and even today uh, possessing uh you know cash currency that we have it differentiates in our society the rich from the poor, doesn't it? And it also it differentiates the developed countries from the developing countries, the sort of global north from the emerging global south.
1: Yeah, global inequality today is is mainly linked to money. You know, it yeah. does sort of measure well-being, societal well-being, economic well-being, yeah. um, and kind of it does divide people and it puts people in different classes. Sadly, and I think it is one of those really powerful things that you know people see it as a tool of it determines who you are as a person it determines your your upbringing it determines everything Um, and i think that carries on all through your life you know even if we're subconsciously doing it the amount of money you have it's always something that people think about and that you think about yourself
5: okay well look let's uh we got a text here from ruth de marcos from west mersey and she says the bloke from with the beard from bbc news said money makes the world go round but i'm not sure well Ruth she says my workmate Julian says that love makes the world go round but he's a soppy apparently who needs to stop reading poetry says ruth Uh, conservation surely the world goes round she says because of the sun's gravitational pull which rotates the earth and with the conservation of angular momentum ensures our present spinning stable orbit well do you know i can't argue with that ruth i absolutely can't though the physics there i have to say does ignore the intergalactic elastic band theory which suggests we are turned on by some really big force dimensional space monkeys.
0: 1986 and 1989, I didn't pay any tax, I admit it. I didn't have any money in my bank account either, and nobody who gave me money had any documentation indicating that I worked for them. I went around with a wad of cash in my back pocket. Sometimes it was thick, sometimes it was thin. People would push cash into my hands in a pub, in their houses, occasionally in the street. I ducked and dived. I worked for a while at a stage school and I was given a brown envelope every Friday afternoon. No payslip, no transfer, just cash. It was handed to me personally by the owner, a crooked ex can-can dancer from the 1950s who drove a Rolls-Royce. One Friday afternoon I ducked. I told her that it wasn't enough. She said, "That's all you're getting." So I dived. I quit there and then, left her in the lurch. But it was okay. I had that wad in my back pocket. And such is the nature of ducking and diving.
5: What's in it then?
1: you are listening to box 39 a magazine of music community humor and chat live from studio one at Colne radio towers i'm isabel lawrence and i'm with adrian cohen and bill lawrence and this is money talks our investigation of money
5: yes indeed it is thank you isabel and the great american economist milton freeman now he said there's no such thing as a free lunch but i don't think that's true there's lots of ways to get things free or certainly to live your life much more cheaply it's just a question of being frugal so it's about what does frugal mean and how can you be frugal
1: so generally speaking being frugal is being careful in spending or using your supplies and it's keeping things simple and you know living without unnecessary things so i always give people ideas of how to be frugal in their homes and it doesn't have to be extreme it doesn't have to be you know selling your car it doesn't have to be living out of your shed things like that but it can be the small things you know buying own brand food or buying yellow stickers at the supermarket and I will say being frugal in preparation for this winter is set to be a a bit of a miserable one I'll give you some frugal tips for staying warm so turning your Heating down by one degree can save you 10% annually on your bill. That's a very frugal thing to do. Um, putting towels in gaps under doors, to keeping the to keeping the drafts out. Um, putting blankets or you know, old secondhand curtains over doors to keep the warmth in. Even things like putting tin foil behind your radiator, it just pushes the heat back into the room. Um, and it, it just stops it going through the wall, the other side. And it just means you can turn your heating down, save a bit of money that way. And you won't really feel a difference and i always say prepare for winter in summer you know buy big jumpers coats scarves blankets they're always much cheaper because they're out of season they're often in the sale at this time of year as well so definitely prepare where you can and they're just little ways you can be frugal
5: that's some really 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 good tips and we'll be back with some more tips in just a moment
4: Mind you know that I love you true.
2: You never talk until you behind my back.
0: You are hearing about it first here on Cone Radio. Global Digital Retail is moving into the online dating business with its brand new app called Love Absolutely Guaranteed. And that guarantee is made by none other than Lord David Price himself with his brand new innovative approach to the lonely hearts problem.
2: You're
0: Once you join, having paid your fee, you upload some pictures of yourself and then fill in the profile with personal details, including hobbies and interests. The secret love absolutely guaranteed algorithms miraculously match you up with people from all around the world. And here's the unique selling point that places this app head and shoulders above all the rest. You make one non returnable £1,000 payment, and then, in the full knowledge that the people you will meet online will be love hungry and well healed enough to afford to spend one grand on a thing like this. And then you can make your own way in the dating world, on your own, in the world of romance, without any more magic touches by Lord David being necessary. Go forth and multiply safely with Global Digital Retail's love absolutely guaranteed.
5: Well, there's another smart message from Lord David Price and Global Digital Retail. So, we're talking about being frugal, uh, Isabel. Mm -hmm. Can you give some more examples of how we can be frugal, how we can save a few pounds?
1: Yeah, one of my favourite things to do, actually, is have regular use-it-up weeks. So, I basically don't go shopping and I use up anything I have left in my cupboard it kind of becomes like a bit of a game it becomes quite fun you sort of think well, what can I make from a can of chickpeas and a, a can of sweet corn and you know pasta and it kind of becomes a, a game what can I make before I have to go to the shop and buy more so I, I do still buy fresh things like butter and cheese when I run out but things like tins and packets you know dried food non-perishable goods I think right what can I make out of these to save money and you'd actually be so surprised at, at what you can make and there's so many apps and websites online where you just type in your ingredients you have and they give you a recipe out of that so definitely give it a try if you can and just you know you, like I said it brings out your creative side and it's a it's a frugal thing to do <laughs>
5: That sounds wonderful I bet you've got loads more tips where where could listeners get advice on sort of being frugal in a, in a much more detailed way
1: so obviously I work at moneymagpie.com so definitely check out moneymagpie.com and obviously there's so much online now the internet is your best friend when it comes to saving money so definitely look on there and if you are really struggling with money and you need some money help I always say go to turntous.org turn us.org, or citizens advice and they've got really good advice as well
5: that's wonderful we've got a text from tommy taylor from tiptree And Tommy Taylor says, hello, Tommy. Thank you for texting in. He says, my nan was the most frugal person I know. And she lived in the countryside just outside Tendring. And in the spring, uh, she would drive around and find roadkill, which she would collect, bring home. And our Sunday lunch could be anything from stuffed crow with garlic and mushrooms to roast fox and very occasionally a nice badger steak. So uh, sadly, she would have to drive for hours and hours to find the roadkill that was fresh enough meaning that she spent a fortune on petrol and eventually she had to sell a car to pay for her debts including over 900 pounds she owed to mr broccoli who owned the small petrol station and garage in her village
2: once i built a railroad made a race against time Once i build a railroad Now it's done Brother, can you spare a
0: dime? I know exactly the day when I had the most money in my life The 30th of November, 2006 That was the wealthiest moment in my life We built the house that we live in to this day, using cash, no mortgage. It had been a slow, undulating climb to that day, and it has been a slow and undulating descent ever since. Is that how life is supposed to be? When I was a kid, I think I assumed that people just had more and more money as they got older. I also assumed that people ended up with more money than their parents had had. Maybe that's how it used to be, but I don't think it's true anymore. It seems odd, though. Politicians for 50 years have talked of growth, 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 while many people for those 50 years have been standing still. To what beneficiaries has all this growth been going?
2: Be a dime. You're listening to Box Thirty Nine. This week with Bill Lawrence, Adrian Cohen, and special
5: guest, Isabel Lawrence. Yes, you're very welcome to Box 39. We're here in the little lovely place of Wivenhoe in North East Essex, but we're broadcasting to over potentially 7.8 billion listeners worldwide. I'm Bill Lawrence, Adrian Cohen, you heard there, down in the Musicology Lab, and I'm with our special guest, Isabel Lawrence from... Um, uh, from, from I'm
1: from
5: moneymagpie.com. Moneymagpie.com. And this is Money Talks our comprehensive examination of money of which the famous spanish paint botherer pablo picasso said once a fool in his money are easily parted
0: welcome to the world of global digital retail
5: It has been a tough time for the world in the last few years, has not it, in, in terms of uh, financial problems, hasn't it, Isabel?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think this is an unprecedented time. You know, I've spoken to many people um, and they've said they've never seen anything like this in their lifetime. And I don't think we will again for a long time, hopefully, fingers crossed. But of course, we've had, you know, Brexit, the pandemic. We're now having fuel shortages due to the war in Ukraine and, uh, you know, things like that. And they, they We can't really point the finger at one. particular thing as to why this cost of living crisis has occurred it's kind of just been a culmination of a lots of lots of bad things you Know hurting the economy all at once, um, and it's really you know it is devastating, um, and it's and it's like you say, it's, it's caused a lot of problems and it's been a tough time,
5: yeah. And, and, and I think we understood how the pandemic is fairly obvious how that affected the global economy, but the, the war in Ukraine and the sanctions against Russia have really rattled markets, haven't they? Commodity markets, particularly now, trade growth, you know, it's going to slow down and it's directly um disrupted exports, things like mm. crude oil. Mm-hmm. natural gas grains fertilizers yeah. metals and that's really pushed up prices has not it
1: yeah definitely I think you know the sanctions on Russia you know they are a good move in in terms of you know we can't just let Russia invade Ukraine but it has had huge impacts on the price of fuel you know fuel has shot up and then of course you know they say Ukraine's the breadbasket of the world it has so much wheat and you know we're seeing you know things like bread shoot up in price and these are kind of basics you know people Pop to the shop on a Saturday morning, get your bread and milk, and now you're you know paying you know through the nose for it. But yeah, it's it's a lot of things all happening at once, and you know like you said, growth has slowed so much, and inflation is at an all time high. It's the highest it's been for forty years, um, and these are really all impacting us every single day. It's it's a really tough time.
5: Yeah, and rising inflation, it does proportionally affect low income households, which have to spend a much larger share of their in- income on those food items. Uh, I you mentioning to me uh, while we were listening to the music that the price of an item you said in a well-known national supermarket it was uh, oat milk and it's gone yeah. from a pound to one pound twenty. You might say well it's only twenty pence but that's actually twenty percent rise, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that is huge and that's literally happened. That hasn't happened gradually either. So I did a shop with said supermarket um, a couple of weeks ago now and that's gone up twenty pence in about two weeks. So you know, yes, you say you know it's twenty p but that's twenty p here. 20p there, adding 20% onto everyone's shops that's extortionate and you know again interest rates went up for 0.5 percent just just now today or yesterday i think and that's you know another blow for people with their mortgages mm. uh, their rent costs lots of people luckily are on fixed rate mortgages but i think it's something like two million fixed rate mortgages are expected to end in this year so you know people are going to be hit even harder so it's not just food it's not just fuel it's it's everything and it's just very overwhelming
5: Well, let's just have a little listen to something that happened way before you were born, and when I was probably only about ten years old, when all of our money
3: changed. It's only money, as they say. But after D-Day, the changed faces of our shillings and pence are here to stay. And it's going to help everybody if we learn our new sums before we go shopping. We've had plenty of warning, of course. Basically, the system's very simple if you remember that there are only a hundred new pennies in every pound instead of 240. For those who are no good at mental arithmetic, there are plenty of charts and books to help you get the hang of it all. The change to decimal currency has been a big operation to be changed, sales girls trained and all those slot machines converted. Prices will change too. But most shopkeepers are saying that what you lose on the swings, you'll gain on the roundabouts. In fact, your weekly shopping spree shouldn't set you back any more than it has in the past. To coin a phrase, watch the new pennies and the old pounds will look after themselves.
5: I do remember decimization and it was all done without any YouTube tutorials. Imagine that. So um, it's a bit of grim news we talked about there, Isabel, but yeah. you know, it will recover. Mm-hmm. But until then, what can we do to alleviate some of these pressures? How about uh, to do with the fuel spending?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, of course, you know, I'm not meaning to panic anyone, you know, no reason to panic. It will ease and, you know, this is sort of the beginning of the end and a lot of the measures put in place are going to help us eventually. So I just wanna put that out there. But in terms of fuel, there are so many things you can do. For example, car sharing is a huge one. If you share a lift to work and back, you know, even three two two days a week, you're saving Two days of petrol. If you work five days a week, that's quite a lot of money. If you share with five people, you know you're going from five days to one day. So definitely something to think about. Of course, taking public transport where you can, walking where you can, um, and also searching around for the best fuel prices. There's websites where you can type in your postcode and it shows you all the petrol stations near you and the prices that the petrol is currently. Of course, supermarkets are cheaper to get your fuel in because along the motorway they know that you'll be desperate for fuel so they'll they hike the prices up even further and also one thing a lot of people don't know is don't fill your car with lots of stuff you know if you've got uh, an old bed frame that's been rattling around in your boot for a long time that's actually using up more petrol the heavier your car the more petrol you're using up so you know if you don't use your car sell it or share a car with someone my boss actually she sold her car and she actually insures herself on her neighbor's car you know every couple of weeks if she needs it but she lives in a big city so she doesn't need a car anymore so just things you can do here and there and you know just keep an eye on your on your fuel tank as well well
5: that's some great tips i have to say the supermarket that's put up the price of oat milk is where i buy my petrol because they've brought down the price of petrol <laughs> yeah so yeah, it makes up for one it. hand take the other but i've i've been uh, doing that recently i have it's just a little bit of time getting organized isn't it But well, what about those food spends how can we improve those
1: yeah so earlier obviously i mean, Mentioned buying yellow sticker items, buying own brand items as well, and just going in with a a budget and going in with a list and just sticking to it. I know it can be really hard, but don't go shopping hungry. You end up putting so much in your basket that you don't need. It's sort of just about being strict. And obviously, I'm not saying don't treat yourself to you know a chocolate trifle every so often or mm. you know a chocolate bar packet of crisps you know on a Friday night. But you know just really try and stick to it if you can. Yeah. There's also uh, apps like Oleo to good to go they are community apps where you know you can get free food or very very discounted food it's about to go out of date but it's still perfectly good great to use and of course there's community fridges and food banks if you really are struggling and don't fall for deals a lot of the time deals you end up spending so much more if it's buy one get one half price but you're still paying half price for one that you didn't actually need Um, so just don't fall for it if you don't need it just stick to what you need Um, and also things like growing your own foraging of course be safe if you are foraging make sure you know what you're picking but there's so many ways that you can save on food
5: yeah and a lot of supermarkets have those little handheld devices you can pick up and you can scan your food shop and they'll tell you as you're going around how much your food bill is won't they
1: yeah definitely and you can even if you just want to ask at the till you know tell me when it's nearing 30 pounds they'll be more than happy and you know so many people are doing it now there's no judgment at all so just make sure you're looking out for yourself and you're, you're looking out for your wallet
5: Well, that's some really positive stuff. I'm glad we've uh, ended this little bit on positivity. And we've got a text from Mango Dredd, a good old listener from Shrub End in Colchester. And Mango says, I've often been amazed but not surprised at what people will do for money. Uh, I remember, says Mango, the man who cheated on who wants to be a millionaire winning the big million because his wife and friends coughed at the right answers. Well, I remember that. He got a prison sentence and a £100,000 fine for being greedy for money. Now, their story, says mango reminds me of my wife peachy's first husband nigel ah, he was involved in a cricket spread betting scam when he lived in gibraltar and he was the umpire in the gibraltar gentlemen's 11 versus the mcc one year and he gave uh, 16 lbw decisions and two dodgy runouts in just one afternoon and when he went to the bookies next to the ground to collect his winnings for predicting so many wickets would fall a group of players confronted him and chased him out of town literally into the Spanish hills setting fire to protective box and his cricket socks and snapping the handle of his cricket bat. So tell your listeners, says Mango, crime doesn't pay unless you are really good at it.
2: When I summer my deal I felt pressure Don't want to see the numbers I want to see happen You say, could you write a song for me I say, I'm sorry I put you that I believe When I go home I tend to close the door. I never want to more So sing with me, can't you see? I don't have one day on my mind, one day my on I do it for, I do it for the long I don't have one day on my mind, one on I do it for, I do it for the love. I do it for the love. Please don't me wrong. I want keep moving
0: We have the freedom to work for whomever we want. If we don't like the conditions or the remuneration, we are free to walk away. There is no coercion and violence against the poor is not allowed. All this talk of the violence of poverty and subhuman wages is part of the gormless ideological chatter of past times. We are now post-ideological. Nowadays, we derive our objectivity from one of the purest forms of human knowledge – mathematics. Employers pay as little as is mathematically possible in the economic process and keep for themselves as much as is mathematically possible. In some tourist resorts around the world, for example, serving staff are paid nothing at all on the assumption that they will survive on tips from tourists. If they don't like that, there are others desperate enough to take their place. The logic of all this can be demonstrated using empirical data and equations. Beware of malcontents who brand this kind of purity ideological. What nonsense! How can using something as objective as mathematics to allocate wealth be ideological? Box 39. What's in
5: the
3: box? Open the box
1: this is box 39 a magazine of music community humor and chat live from studio one at colm radio towers i'm isabel lawrence the special guest today and i'm joined with adrian cohen and my dad bill lawrence this is Money Talks, our investigation of money. Now, Cockneys have had several terms for money. So a lady is £5, pounds, you know, Lady Godiva, fiver. An Ayrton is £10, pound, Ayrton Senna, tenner. A Commodore is £15. Pounds. Uh, it's worth three ladies, which is three Godivers. And the commodore sang three times a lady. And, of course, a Bobby is £20. Pounds. A score is 20, so Bobby Moore, score.
5: Oh, well, it's very good. Thank you, Isabel. And since the pandemic, we're definitely using less cash, aren't we? Yeah. I used to be a cash-only person, really, until the pandemic, and now I think I've had the same tenor in my pocket for about six months. Uh, online transactions have really increased. It's, we've seen the rise of the contactless payment card. So, where did where did plastic money begin? So it all
1: began in the USA. They had a Diners Club card, which could be used at multiple locations so essentially it was a credit card so you paid with it and then you paid it back later so it could only be used at certain locations so for example uh, I don't know a fast food chain you could go in use your card and then pay it back at a later date and this kind of evolved over the years American Express issued their first credit card in 1958 which to me it doesn't seem like that long ago and if you think about it money has evolved so much in that time and yeah like you said i barely use cash anymore i can't use cash a lot of the time you go in they say no cash please like you said especially because of the pandemic it's weird you know i when people give me you know sometimes i do dog sitting and things like that and people pay me in cash and i think what do i do with this you know (laughs) um so it's, it's crazy to me that 1958 doesn't seem that long ago and we're already almost out of a cashless society already yeah
5: well quite a lot of things have also developed one of them was to provide us with cash the old ATM machines the automated teller machines they were known in this country as cash points uh, but I think now they're known as ATMs worldwide and um, the guy that invented that was called Jack Shepard Barron not only did he invent the ATM he also invented the four digit international standard pin code he wanted to have six digits and his wife said no four's much easier to remember no one will be able to remember six digits and the first atm machine famously was outside a branch of barclays in enfield north london and that was 1967 and all you could get was a tenner that's all you could get you went in and you got your tenor. but a tenor in those days was worth about £370 in wow, today's money
1: talk about inflation yeah. Um, yeah and you're right that was in England and of course Visa card one of the, the main cards people yeah, use Mastercard well. yeah. Visa started in 1970s in California Mastercard started in 1990s which again just doesn't seem like that long ago at all and in the 2000s that's when we really got the chip and pin and it's kind of crazy now obviously you just don't need to use a pin a lot of the time you can just tap and it's so easy to spend money that way because you know you're not having to sort of you don't have that few extra seconds to think about it while you're putting your pin in and it's going up and up contactless i think now is a hundred pounds i think that came in last year and on
5: your phone it's unlimited
1: yeah which is very easy it's great it's really useful but terrifying at the same time because you think if someone steals my
5: card It is a double-edged sword though, isn't it, Izzy? Because you could say this will lead to people being irresponsible with money. On the other hand, it might make people actually be more responsible because Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a generation will learn that actually because it's easy to spend money, you have to be more careful
1: yeah I agree and also I think there is so many bankless banks nowadays Monzo for example Starling Bank they don't have physical branches Uh, I know my Monzo I think this is the case with a lot of banks now actually even those that have branches as soon as you spend on your card you get a little notification that says you know you've spent 10 pound at wherever uh, you've spent 20 pound on your card today and it really does help you actually keep on top of things so I think technology is evolving and I think you're right I think especially children growing up into today's climate we're going to have to really teach them how to how to you know budget and be good with money
2: every tuesday at 8 p.m. repeated on sundays at 10 p.m. there is bill's big bag of onions a lovely compilation of lovely short stories written by some lovely friends of Cone Radio and lovely music, introduced by the lovely Bill Lawrence, which all makes it a thoroughly lovely radio show.
5: Well, as she said, absolutely lovely. And so I want to know wh- a few more things to talk about. What are bitcoins?
1: So, bitcoins is a digital currency and they operate free of any central control or the oversight of banks and governments. So, essentially, there is no overlord deciding what you can do with your money. There is no one person deciding how much your money is worth, for example. It's a very clever thing. It's um, it's all done online and you you mine bitcoin. It's, It's very clever. I'm not a total expert in bitcoin, I'll admit. I'm not a fintech expert, but it's definitely something that is is becoming more and more every day for people. I think it's a very well-known coffee chain you can actually pay for your coffee now with bitcoin which is you know a revolutionary thing.
5: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff behind it that we don't understand. And yep. I guess that mystery appeals to a lot of people. I work with someone who also in this, will uh, work part time with me. And the other time they actually deal in bitcoins or they, mi- I don't know, whether well, they mine yeah. them or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all a bit confusing, but one day we'll understand what bitcoins are. Now, look, I have to say, uh, this week, no gang exit again. Our, our uh, house band, our live house band, I'm afraid. Uh, the I have to say, the negotiations for... For their new contract unfortunately have stalled uh, their new, new manager Lord David Price of Global Digital Retail has released a statement tonight it's hot off the press I've just got it on the computer it says Henry Big Sue and the band remain open to talks they would like at least a 7% pay rise for all members of the band to put salaries more in line with inflation Lord David adds Global Digital Retail supports the campaign for a square deal for all working people in the face of the cost of living crisis and our current negotiations on behalf of ausgang exit is part of that more general campaign which means that coln radio house bands have to be properly funded and all their workers paid properly with good conditions uh, the coln radio human resources manager i'm afraid was not available for comment tonight uh, just leaving a message on his phone saying he was at the greyhound pub in lower wivenhoe this evening watching a gig by stanway radio's own house band conjugal chaff
0: Constructively dismissed on my credit card about 10 years ago, or at least that's how I see it. I'd had the card for almost 30 years and I don't think the credit card company had made any money out of me at all because I wasn't the kind of customer they wanted. I always settled up promptly in order to never pay interest. What they wanted were people who are just paying a fortune in interest month after month and just keeping their heads, expensively, above water. Anyway, there was a contrived bit of nonsense involving an unpaid, unauthorized transaction, a long and costly international phone call about why the transaction was unauthorized, which they forgot, and then some punitive interest, and a kind of fine, which I ignored and I tossed my card away. Anyway, there was no need to worry. Ten years later, and now, in Indonesia, we can do pretty much any money-related stuff with our phones. You love it when all that eventually comes to the backwater of Northeast Essex.
2: So bring back the beat and then everyone
1: You are listening to Box Thirty Nine. I'm Isabel Lawrence, and I'm here with Adrian Cohen and Bill Lawrence, and this is Money Talks, our investigation into money.
5: Indeed, and we've looked uh, at a range of things tonight. The introduction, including sorry, the introduction and huge move towards plastic money. So, Isabel, does this mean the end of cash?
1: It is very likely. I'm I'm quite fond of cash. I know I said I don't use it a lot, but part of me it will be sad to see it go. Um, And cash payments are likely to fall to as little as 10% of all UK transactions in the next 15 years and 2017 saw debit card payments overtake cash for the first time ever and similarly ATMs are closing at an alarming rate about 300 a month restricting cash to, to many people in many areas and this is bad for those in more rural areas that need cash to pay for things small villages that don't have you know loads of technology to pay by mm-hmm. card etc and a lot of older people really, I know my grandparents for example they like, they use cash pretty much solely. They're not a fan yeah. of online banking. They don't really like card payments that much. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's going with the times, but it's also going a bit too fast.
5: Yeah, and there are some countries that are way ahead of us here in Britain. For in- example, Finland is thought to be a cashless by 2030. Uh, this has been recorded in 2022. It's not far away. The Netherlands uh, is the leading country for smartwatch payments. Mm. Norway, only 3% of transactions in 2021 involved cash, China's reputed to be cashless by 2025 and Sweden, yes Sweden uh, the first European country that ever used banknotes is perhaps going to be the first world to abandon them by just 2024 two years time, scary stuff, we got a text from Mandy Mason from Gusset Hill and St. Osyth, and Mandy says I f- loved the old half pence coin which was removed from circulation when I was a child in 1984, it was small and shiny, says Mandy. You could buy lots of different sweets for a halfpenny or a halfpenny. I love them. However, she says, one Christmas we put six halfpence coins in our Christmas pudding and my nan swallowed one and choked on it while we're watching TV on Christmas night. I was really upset and I almost cried because we missed the Malcolm and Wise show and I will never forgive my nan for that. Oh, she's a gold digger
2: way over time that digs on me I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, gon' head, yeah. get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. A... Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Goodbye. Met her at a beauty salon with a baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm. She said, I could tell you rock, I could tell by your charm. Fars, girls, you got a flock, I could tell by your charm and your arm. But I'm looking for the one. Have you seen her? My psychic told me she'll have a act like Serena, Trina, Gina for Lopez. Four kids, and I gotta take all they bad to show this. Okay, get your kids, but then they got their friends. I put up in the bins, they all got a bin. We all went to den. Then you better be paid you know why take too much to touch her from what I heard she got a baby my buster my best friend said she
0: used to thanks to the generosity of Wivenhoe residents who've paid for my many travels I have been fortunate enough to have visited various places around the world rich and poor anyway it got me to thinking how can we define the word poverty in a way that means it can be used in both rich and poor countries? Poverty in Indonesia is not going to be the same as poverty in North East Essex, clearly. But we can't say there is no poverty in the UK because poor people in the UK aren't as poor as poor people in Indonesia are. Well, I've hammered out a way of defining poverty in conversations with numerous taxi drivers. If you have no savings, nothing stashed away for a rainy day, no assets you can quickly sell, and a medical crisis or a loss of your job would spell instant economic disaster, if you are that vulnerable, that susceptible to a sudden crippling financial capsizing, with no way of fending it off or insulating yourself from it, then that is poverty
2: ain't saying she a gold digger, But she ain't messing with no broke, broke, Nah, I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, But she ain't messing with no broke, broke, uh, uh, no bro, bro, uh Get down, girl, go ahead, get down, uh Get down, girl, go ahead, get down Close,
4: Close the, the box! I said the box!
5: Well, you have been listening to Box 39. This has been our show, Money Talks, our radio purse crammed full of the mysterious, the marvellous and magnificent money. So we've just got time for a few more of your uh, texts that have come in and emails. There's one here from Tim Love Island on Facebook. And Tim says, I think it's a scandal just how much money is left down the back of people's sofas. I've heard from my neighbour, Clancy Clancy I think there's that there is enough money down sofas for every man woman and child in the UK to buy a brand new car and have money left over for some petrol surely if we ban cash and digital transactions this would not happen and then the nation would save billions of pounds each year and the country would be plunged into economic paradise simples well I don't quite understand that
0: if
1: only it was that simple Tim if only it was
5: absolutely there's another one there for you. can you read that yeah
1: I have a text from Vicky Biscuit from East Mersey Great name i was one of the original choices to have my face on the new 20 pound note she says then i got so bladdered celebrating i lost my phone and missed the call for the first sketches of my face by the bank of england artists i was sacked i was replaced by adele who i actually look very similar to apart from the fact that i'm over a foot taller than her a complete scandal you can read about it in my book cash cow
5: Oh, I look forward to reading that, Vicky. Yeah, it sounds great. Luck, it? Yeah, there's there's the moral there is uh, keep hold of your phone and don't get battered. Anyway, uh, a text from Ron and Reggie, good uh, favourites for the show, from Brightling Sea. And they say, our mum used to give us pocket money when we were little kids at primary school. Sometimes she would give us a bonus if we could contribute food. A pound for a neighbour's rabbit, for example. Fifty pence for one of next door's chickens. And double if we gutted and skinned or removed the feathers. Oh, happy days, they say. At Christmas, we used to buy our mum something to show how much we loved her. One year, it was her own axe with our initials on either side of the blade. Another year, we got her new boxing gloves. Happy days, say Ron and Reggie. Well, you know, some people love money for the things it allows them to do. And others like to spend it or save every penny as a way to feel more secure. Now, when the love of money is present in our lives, we become different people. The passion for money is a trap that quickly swallows our heart convictions and causes us to engage in behaviours we would otherwise avoid. So don't crave money. It's a dangerous thing like heroin or a golden poison dart frog or the Black Death. So probably best avoid it. And finally, we've just got time for a quick text from Donna from Norwich. And thank you, Donna. And Donna's texted in to say, uh, I've enjoyed the show tonight, but I'm off now to my neighbour Rory's flat next door. His twin brother, Harrison, has moved in, and he's an entomologist, uh, says Donna. He's been showing me his collection of winged insects. We've already covered his bees and wasps, and tonight I'm hoping to go through his flies. So thank you very much, Donna. Uh, This has been Box 39, the magazine of community, humour and chat, live from Studio One. And thanks to my co-presenter, Isabel Lawrence. Thank you so much, Isabel, for coming along. Uh, I'd just like to say it's uh, been a joy to have you on Colm Radio, someone who's used to maybe not such glamorous radio stations as this one, with its fourth floor uh, and its lift up. I know you do BBC Radio London, and and tomorrow morning you're on uh, on the telly with Kyle. Jeremy Kyle. Kyle, yeah, live on be the good. telly at breakfast show with current Jeremy Carlo yeah. of course has nothing compared to the glamour no. of Cole Radio
1: from high up here in Studio One on the fourth floor of Cole Radio Towers looking out over the full and fertile lands of North East Essex it's time for us to close Box 39 once more be seeing you
5: be seeing you
0: time to look in my mailbag for this week. Let's see. This one is from Martini Sharapova, who says, Adrian, I am here in the Stalingrad airport. i am about to fly to the England to see you. Could you send, please, £10,000 for administration cost? Well, whoops, I... <laughs> Actually, I think that should be filed under personal. Anyway, yes, Martini, I'll send it when I get home. Anyway, here's another from uh, Mango Dread in Shrubend. He says, Please, Adrian, can you send me 10,000 sets of cone radio stickers and felt pens? Well, Mango, what a peculiar request. They are virtually worthless, you know. Anyway, he continues, What I plan to do, Aid. Is sell them on eBay and I will split the proceeds 50 50 with you. Okay. Probably shouldn't have read that out on the air. Never mind. Uh, I'll be in touch, Mango. Always transparent. Always looking for innovative funding. Award winning radio.
1: Fox 39 is a Guppy production for Cohen Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.
0: Remember this. In a world of scandal, corruption and fraud, there is but one constant, and that is Lord David Price and Global Digital Retail.